Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Peter Gabbett Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Timothy Hankst, and today is August 13th, 2020, which means I'm on day 243 in a row of 365 Promised Episodes. It brings you unedited, unscripted, improv, news, movies, music, sports, food, entertainment, and all things except politics. First off today, folks, got to give a birthday shout out to a very special woman by the name of Emily Lawrence. I have absolutely never had even a speck of drama with this woman, which is something because I just breed drama. I expel drama from me. Traditionally speaking, if there's somebody I've known for years, there's been a point in which I've pissed them off or they've pissed me off, but not Emily. She is absolutely a lovable character. There is nothing about her that is unlikable. She is so fantastic. I can't say enough about this woman. She's a hard worker. She just knows what she wants in life and is a big fan of the color purple. I'm telling you, I've known some purple people before. I don't know what it is about the color purple. It brings out some people who truly are obsessed with the color, but she takes the cake. She likes purple everything. If the world could be completely purpleized, Emily would be happy. So today, for your birthday, Emily, I say I hope you can get yourself a purple drink and a nice purple batch of attire to wear while you drink it and enjoy yourself on this fantastic day of your birthday. Congratulations to you. You have a wonderful day, madam. You absolutely deserve it. In sports news, folks, the LA Clippers beat the Denver Nuggets 124 to 111. All thanks to Paul George's 27 points and Lou Williams put up 23 coming off the bench. Sixth man of the year guaranteed. Now I must say this. Typically speaking, Denver puts up a better fight and you know what? Nokic scored over 20 points and he is a force to be reckoned with. Jokic, Jokic, whatever his name is. You know, these guys, they all have an itch on the end of their names, which always means I'm going to have trouble speaking the first half of it. I will say this. In baseball news, the Padres fell once again, this time 0-6 to to the L.A. Dodgers, giving up just run after run after run. Their pitching has struggled this year, putting them in third place in their division with the Dodgers in second place and the Colorado Rockies still in first. I don't want to talk about the Mariners right now, folks, because, oh, Jesus, it's really embarrassing. They lost again, and they are just sitting in last place, nowhere to be near the postseason whatsoever. The Mariners will not make the playoffs. You can quote me on that. The Padres might. The Clippers are already in for the NBA, so they didn't even need that win yesterday, but they took care of it anyways. And of course, the big news, the Blazers are almost 100% lock on the eighth seed in the NBA playoffs for the year 2020, 
with Damian Lillard scoring 50 or more points three times in a season, which has only been done by one other person, Wilt Chamberlain. So I tell you, folks, this guy is good. Do not underestimate the Dame. He is on fire. And right now, it's Dame time. Well, folks, it's happening in a couple days. This Saturday, Daniel Cormier fights Stipe Miocic for the third time. I got to say, the first couple of times they fought, Cormier had some bad hand motions that ended up doing a couple eye pokes into Stipe Miocic's eyes, and that's not okay. It's not acceptable. Now, I think that is... Just mad disrespect. But in the end, uh, they're always great fights. And these two guys are really great commentators. I love listening to them talk about other fighters. So I also love watching them fight each other. It's almost as though we have like John Madden and Howie Long stepping out of the commentary booth and fighting each other. I mean, these guys are not that old by far, not nearly that old, but it is two very important UFC commentators fighting each other, both on the, you know, downslide of their career, but doing it for the entertainment of the fans, knowing that we want to see this, and they're both just very nice guys in the end. I mean, when they're out there fighting, there's nothing nice about them. They're scary. I wouldn't want to fight either of these guys, no matter what. But after the fight's over, the amount of absolute respect they show each other is just exactly the example that should be set for the UFC and other fighters. And I can't wait for this Saturday to watch these two guys duke it out. Get yourself the pay-per-view, order it, find a friend who has it, go to a sports bar that's going to be showing it, whatever you can do. Stream it off Reddit, anything. Watch this fight. It's guaranteed to be very entertaining. The main event starts at 7, which also includes fights from Yair Rosenstrike versus Junior Dos Santos and even Sean O'Malley versus Marlon Vera. These are going to be really good fights. I predict O'Malley with a victory weird hair or not, and you know what? It's hard to predict between the Stipe and Daniel Cormier fight, but I got to give it to Miocic. He's the bigger guy. He's the more in-his-prime fighter. I love Cormier so much. He's a great guy, but I got to give it up to Miocic. I predict a W in his corner. People are treating fast food workers worse and worse. In Ohio, a woman demanded that they serve her lunch at 9 a.m. at a Burger King. Well, I think we all know that Burger King has breakfast, as they copied McDonald's many years ago and actually slightly have the edge over both terrible breakfast options, McDonald's and Burger King. They're horrendous. But if I had to eat something from one of them, I guess it would be from the king. 
And this woman came in demanding that she could get a Whopper or one of the lunch items, whatever. And they couldn't accommodate her. It's not set up for that type of food early in the morning. So she threw a fantastic fit, screaming and spitting and yelling at employees until she got arrested. Yep. When the police showed up, she actually had a warrant for her arrest already from something else. So here's a, a word of advice. If you have a warrant out for your arrest, don't go to Burger King and scream at the employees and treat them like crap to get the cops called. People around America have just been treating fast food employees like garbage. In Utah, a man tried to force his way into a closed McDonald's lobby, then assaulted a manager on his way into the kitchen trying to make his own food at the McDonald's, even though he doesn't work there. That's crazy. And apparently in Virginia, a woman bitch-slapped an employee who forgot to put ketchup on her hamburger at McDonald's. These people are the trashiest of trash. These poor young, probably teenage kids who work at these fast food restaurants have nothing else to get them money. This is their lifeline. They're working for your enjoyment during the pandemic, feeding you the slop that you've decided to buy because you're trash, and you do this to them. Just embarrassing. Not an American way to do it. Be respectful, be responsible, and if you don't like what they got, then get the hell out and go somewhere else. A San Diego County man tests positive for the West Nile virus. Yep. Oh, that's good news. Yeah. Mosquitoes, which love to bite me, now carrying the West Nile virus, are out fully enraged and ready to bite here in San Diego. I feel like I absolutely have the highest chance of getting this because of how constantly I get bit by mosquitoes. But apparently this man had been traveling to Yuma, Arizona, where it is thought he contracted the virus and brought it back. Now, it is a bird disease, the West Nile virus. Apparently a mosquito bites into a dead infected bird and then transmits that to human beings and only one in five actually have any symptoms. And out of those one in five, only one in 150 actually die from it. So it should be a curable thing. If you're feeling a fever, come on. If you got some headaches and nausea and you just all around have problems, go find out if it's West Nile virus. And if it is, you have that guy to thank. Because surely he at least brought it with him and infected another mosquito somewhere, which is now buzzing around San Diego County in search of my bloodstream to infect me with what can only be about half as bad as the coronavirus, which I'm pretty sure I already had. I've been talking to a lot of people. They all think they already had corona. Now, I believe I had it back in November of last year, before it had a name. I was sick for over a month. I had all the symptoms they described, but I don't recall not having a sense of 
Was it taste or smell or something? I don't remember if that was a part of it or not. I can't recall. I was so sick, I wasn't even thinking about that type of stuff. I'm pretty positive it was COVID. And a lot of people I know are saying the same thing. They were sick in January, February, right around the time when they started to realize what this was. So does that mean we have the antibodies? I think so. I just flew on a plane, multiple planes. I even had to switch planes in an airport after a week of traveling through Oregon and Washington. Never saw somebody who was sick. Never got sick myself. The antibodies are there. We all have them now. It's over. Russia says they have a vaccine. Let's get back to school. Let's get back to work. Let's get back to reality. I think this whole COVID thing can blow over right now. And I just am wondering why it hasn't. Ryan Reynolds is seriously awesome. This time, why is he awesome? He created his own streaming service called Mint Mobile Plus, which streams only one movie starring him from 2003 called Foolproof, a lesser known Ryan Reynolds movie you've probably not even seen. But if you haven't, feel free to download his streaming service that actually, again, is real and only has one movie on it. He even goes on to brag about the fact that the service has 2003 DVD quality because it's only one movie and it's a DVD that he streamed onto the service. This is hilarious because everybody has a streaming service now. There's so many. Quibi, HBO Max, Netflix, Amazon Prime. Apple Plus, I mean, there is so many streaming services, Disney Plus, there's just too many to list, but now there's another by Ryan Reynolds, Mint Mobile Plus, with only one movie on it. Now, obviously, this is some kind of weird, fun joke that he's just doing with his spare time and spare money, but if he actually made this a Ryan Reynolds-only streaming service... He could have tons of movies on here. Van Wilder, Waiting, The Green Lantern. I mean, the guy has been in a lot of flicks. Hitman's Bodyguard, Deadpool 1, Deadpool 2, Someday in the Future, If God is Willing, Deadpool 3. And coming up in December, supposedly on December 11th, if it hits theaters and all goes well, Free Guy will be the next Ryan Reynolds movie we get to see that's actually new. It's basically Ryan Reynolds plays a video game character that is usually just like one of the random background characters in a video game, but ends up being the hero of them all. Free Guy, December 11th, hits theaters probably goes out of theaters within a month because nobody's going to a theater to see a movie anyway, and then we'll stream it live a little early next year. Or stream the rip-off version, or stream the Blu-ray disc that somebody, you know, recorded onto the internet for us and put on YouTube, or whatever. Just expect a Ryan Reynolds movie to come out in December 
and to be streamed onto one of these many variations of services a couple of months later, possibly Mint Mobile Plus, the new Ryan Reynolds streaming service. Folks, it's time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett podcast you've certainly been waiting for, and that is Real Stories, brought to you by Peter Timothy Hankst and Barbecusion. That's B-B-Q-U-S-I-O-N. And I'm going to tell you another camping story. I want all the, the info to be out there to you folks. You can find out what went down in the 2020 Aloha Homies camping trip. And you know what? We decided to go fishing for you know, it's maybe 20% of the entire trip. We always do. We always attempt to fish and generally fail. And the first day, that's exactly what happened. We didn't have a bite. We got hooked onto tons and tons of logs. We wasted hours and trekked miles and came back with not so much as a minnow. However, the second day of fishing attempt, we went straight to this pier, sort of early on in the day, maybe almost to the afternoon, and we sat in the hot sun, I forgot sunscreen or a hat, and I had sh- uh, freshly shaved my head, so my head was burning, and I could see tons of bluegill all surrounding our little, you know, pier, or whatever we were standing on, and the dock, if you will, all surrounding our dock, there was just bluegill everywhere, And there was rumors that a young boy had caught a trout and nobody else had caught a trout in days. So it was embarrassing. We can't just let this young boy catch all the trout and we catch nothing. So the angler of the crew, Steve Palmer, he put on jigs, he put on spinners, he put on a bobber at one point. He tried everything to catch some trout and our luck was just not coming at any point until I decided to put some some actual string, to put some fishing line on my hands, just wrap it around my fingers, and drop a little worm on a hook into the water right by the dock, and I began pulling in bluegill. Now, of course, the bluegill are really small. You can't really do much with them. We just threw them back each time. But as soon as we decided to use a bluegill as bait for some trout... It seemed to stir up their interest a little bit, and eventually the trout started biting, and even though it wasn't a bluegill that caught a trout, it was plain old worms, Steve started reeling in trout after trout, just probably about seven of them, and I must have caught at least seven bluegill with my hand, which meant that we did not get skunked by Battleground Lake in Washington, which I thought we would. The year previous, I was the only one that caught a fish. It was like a four-inch baby trout, and somebody else out with us caught a salamander. And the year before that, we caught nothing. And I don't even know if we had fishing poles the first year, but so far, we're two for three. Out of three years of fishing, we've caught something two out of those three years. And I hear Battleground Washington used to be the place to go. They would stock this lake to the brim with giant trout and big largemouth bass. People would dip their pole into the water and within a second, they're reeling in a fish one after another, 
couldn't have enough bait on their line to keep up with the amount of fish they're catching. But it seems that that has all changed. We were talking to some locals. We are talking to some people I know who have camped there recently. It is a shit show now. There's too many people, too many fishermen, not enough fish. It's finally reached the status of basically bunk, where you go out there and there might be a trout that's like at at maximum seven or eight inches long. That's the king of fish that you're getting. You ain't getting a bass, that's for sure. You might catch a bluegill with your hand like I did, and that's about it. The only person who got skunked that time camping was our good friend, Chris Connors, who just couldn't reel anything in. But I, I just don't, I don't think he cared that much. You know, he had been sitting in the sun all day, hadn't eaten. He needed breakfast. So did Nick Carver, who left early. This means that once again, folks, the Aloha camping crew of 2020 successfully caught fish where they went camping Next year, it's not going to be in Washington. We're not going to Battleground. We're hopefully getting a spot somewhere in Oregon where Governor Kate Brown has not shut down the state park and sent me an email one month before my trip saying that I can't camp where I had a six-month reservation. And, you know, to be honest, I'm going to give Battleground a review of 6 out of 10. It has everything you want. You can have fires there. There's accommodations, showers, bathrooms. There is a place where you can get firewood or ice. There is parking there. And there is a lake that you can swim on that's warm enough. But the fishing's bunk. The amount of people there is too much. And it's just a little bit too close to like a major bunch of towns. And, you know, this is too close to the populace of human beings surrounding the area, it needs to be, you know, for me, camping needs to be out there. I'm talking 30 to an hour away from anybody's house or any sort of establishment so that you can really feel secluded and do whatever you want, be loud and crazy and no problems. But I will say, as loud as we were, we didn't even get so much as a warning and we saw the... You know, the park ranger, many a time, I think at even one point, a park ranger was standing watching me smoke weed, didn't care, seemed pretty laid back there. Enjoy Battleground Washington if you'd like, and I appreciate you listening to the Peter Gabbett Podcast today, folks. It means the world to me to have listeners like you. I hope you have a fantastic afternoon, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Now, for the most part, I do this annual camping trip with my friends because... I just worry that before you know it, one of us is going to be lying there ready to kick the bucket and wish that we could have spent more time with each other. And that's why we do this. And you know what they say? That seasons don't fear the reaper. I don't really even know what that means, but I fear the reaper big time. And to signify that, I'll play a song for you by the Blue Oyster Cult. I think you know what it's going to be.
Jesus, don't fear the reaper, nor do the wind, the sun, or the rain. 